So welcome to all of you and thank you for coming to our first session of what are we calling this? <clears throat> Yoga, the art of play. So with your good good wishes, goodwill, we hope that we will have some fun, some fun. <clears throat> we were hearing this morning about the challenges uh, and the impossibility of uh, of finding solutions to the problems of material existence. And that is certainly the case. <clears throat> what do the devotees do to address this? We heard very nice uh, uh, discussion about this this morning. I want to suggest one way we might, to put a little in context, one way we may address this uh, condition we find ourselves in. One of the things that we learn in what, uh oh, uh, Garlands are a special, um, it's part of the job <laughs> to, to wear a garland, <laughs> but yeah, I never did get used to garlands, I must say, uh, but they're very nice, I know, yeah, we don't have to look at the person, we can look at the garland. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's been said, um, sometimes there are different uh, names given to human beings in Latin language. Uh, we are sometimes called Homo sapiens. What does Homo sapien mean, literally? Anyone know? One who knows. I always thought it means one who stands up, who's standing. But you may be right. Huh? Homo erect. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. You're right. Yeah. But sometimes they'll use other terms like what? What is the essence of being human? So they'll say we are um, Homo religiosus that human beings are 
are religious. Even the atheists are very uh, atheistically religious. <laughs> and there's another expression, homo ludens. Homo ludens. L-U-D-E-N-S. Which means, you know, yes, yes, we're the, we're the, the beasts who play. So, mm, and there's been some quite deep philosophical discussions on, on play. Uh, sometimes scholars sort of uh, take all the fun out of play <laughs> by analyzing it. But in our particular tradition, we, we find a lot of play. Uh, I think we can find this in, especially in Chaitanya Charitamrita. We can find it also, there's a lot of humor also in our literature. Mm, I, I think one could do a, a whole discussion on humor in our scriptures. There's so much humor in, in the Bhagavatam. Um, some of it's subtle, some of it's quite um, side-splitting. But uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of humor, comedy. One thing about comedy, the classical, classical notion of drama in the West, uh, well, Greek classical drama at least, there's basically two forms. There's, uh, there's comedy and there's tragedy. And then there's later you get tragic comedy uh, and you get melodrama and other such forms. In, uh, in our literature, it's difficult to find any tragedy. It's very difficult to find tragedy. And why is that? It's because we understand Nobody ever actually dies. To have a good tragedy, someone has to really die forever. Like, that's it, finished, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> that, that's necessary, and we don't have that. Remember, when I was uh, a child, I must confess, I was watching television. You were never watching television, no, no, no. And we were, um, you know, there was, I grew up in, in the crazy USA, uh, which is becoming crazier by the day. And the, a lot of the television was uh, uh, Wild West shows. You know? So there would be the good guys, and the bad guys, um, and there would be some shooting, and the good guy would, he would always get shot in the shoulder. And 
you know, he's lying there. And then uh, his sweet his sweetheart comes, right? And, oh, you know, <laughs> it's melodramatic. And after a while, you got to know, well, this is the good guy, so he's not right? <laughs> it's only the bad guys. Uh, and you, 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 always, you got this sense, there's two classes, there's good guys and there's bad guys. That's how, uh, that's how the world, uh, how we understood the world. Now we understand devotees and demons. Huh? Mm. Mm. Something to think about. Um, okay, so I mentioned yesterday... Um, our Shastric basis, you can say, buddhi yukto jahati ha ube sukrita dushkite tasmat yogaya yujyasva yoga karmasu koshalam. Krishna is telling Arjuna that uh, for one who is engaged, uh, the, whose intelligence is engaged, buddhi yukta, um, it becomes possible to uh, go beyond the dualities of this world, hmm? uh, happiness and distress, ube sukrita, duskrita. Sorry, this means good and bad actions. <clears throat> um, and tasmat yogaya, Yujyasva, therefore engage in yoga. What is this yoga? Yoga, karmasu, koshalam. And koshalam, uh, Srila Prabhupada translates as art. Um, yeah, I guess we would say kunst of Deutsch. Um, yoga, the art of work. Um, Prabhupada translates karma as work. Of course, karma can just mean action, all kinds of action. All kinds of action we understand is karma. Mm -hmm. The art of work is yoga. Hmm, what does that mean? Um, well, the art of work is to do work in an artful way. Uh, to do work in a in, in, in a liberating way, in a way which is illuminating, which is uplifting, which takes us beyond the good and the bad, the relative goods and bads of this world uh, to transcend. Um, so that we have this notion, and then that's in the second chapter of the Gita. Now let's jump to the sixth chapter, uh, verse number 17, Krishna says to Arjuna, yukta hara viharasya, yukta cheshtasya karmasu, yukta svapna vavodasya, yogo bhavati dukkaha. <clears throat> Yoga becomes bhavati or is uh, dukkaha, it removes dukkha. We would like to have dukkha removed. We would like to be free from dukkha, from misery. Uh, 
how we can do that is summarized by Krishna in this verse. Do you want to know what he's saying? No? Okay. <laughs> he says, Yukta ahara viharasya, yukta cheshtasya karmasu, yukta svapnamabodasya. One who is regulated or balanced, or you could say yogad, <laughs> if we put yoga with an ed on the end. Yukta is just the word yoga as a, as a past passive participle. So um, one who is balanced in eating, sleeping, work, and recreation. Such person, uh, for such a person, yoga bhavati dukkha. One can become free from uh, from all dukkha, from all misery. The word for recreation, Prabhupada translates here, is uh, vi, vihara, viharasya, uh, vihara, and there's vihara. Ahara means consuming, eating, putting into, taking, and yeah, consuming generally. <clears throat> and vihara means relaxing, means, well, Recreation. Mm. Uh, so is Krishna saying, thou shalt not engage in any recreation? No, he's saying yukta. Do it appropriately, do it moderately. Don't do too much, but don't do too little either. <laughs> In other words, we can we can have fun in spiritual life. <laughs> we can have what well, we we say in English, good clean fun. <laughs> you have such expression like that in German? No. Is that because there's no such thing as good clean fun in German? <laughs> Mm, yeah. So, um, so this is the sort of shastric basis, um, a bit of shastric and ba basis of what I want to uh, want to talk about, want to discuss. I I mentioned uh, also yesterday that we can think of this as perhaps this program, this uh, seminar, as a kind of complement perhaps to um, Gauralila Prabhu's project. Are you here, Gauralila? No, he's not here. He's busy preparing his drama. <laughs> um, uh, so how are we going to do this? Well, we have, we have four days. Uh, today, tomorrow, then not Wednesday, because Wednesday we have Kirtan Day, and uh, I think a question and answers day for one session. And then we have Thursday and Friday. Uh, and I would like to do this as somewhat of a progression. 
Um, but this is also somewhat of an experiment. And so um, if you see any uncertainty in, on my side, it's because there's uncertainty. <laughs> uh, I've, I've led this seminar one time before, and uh, we had a lot of fun. And uh, I hope we can do some more of the same, but I'm not expecting it to be as I, uh, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago in Serbia because we are different. We are different people, and it's a different uh, situation, and so on. And that's good. Um, I mentioned that there's a lot of humor in our literature. There's also a lot of drama in the sense of in the sense of conflict. Um, conflict can be of various sorts, of course. It can be between persons fighting or somehow against each other, conceiving themselves as being against each other. Uh, there can be inner conflict. And that's something I, I, I'm hoping we can explore, inner conflict. Um, the idea of the shadow, the shadow within the shadow that we want to ignore uh, in ourselves. Um, so we have four sessions, and today I want to uh, introduce some general ideas about drama and um, um, in relation to our tradition. Um, and I want to also discuss, we, we, we want to uh, do a reading performance, so to say, of uh, a little drama which probably most of you are familiar with, a little skit uh, which Srila Prabhupada introduced and which uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur uh, originally introduced as one of his uh, Upakyan Upadesha. Uh, stories. Upakyan Upadesha is his little instructive stories. It's called The Boatman and the Professor. You all know this. No? 50% of your life is wasted. <laughs> well, then it's high time that we... Yes, okay. Some of you... Who is familiar with this? This is a very deprived generation of devotees. Nobody is doing these dramas. See, this is this is something that I'm hoping will be a, a small contribution uh, for past after this um, this retreat that you will. Um, be inspired that you'll get ideas uh, of how you might engage in some some sorts of dramas or plays um, in a fun way, which can be attractive for uh, others to to watch. 
So uh, I want to go through that little drama, one version of it that we have, and then discuss it. And then I want to introduce, uh, I want to see if we can get you doing some, dare I say, some writing, some writing of drama. <laughs> I see some of you have material for writing, and that's very good. I meant to ask, actually, if we have supplies for those who don't have. Um, but here he comes, just as I was going to ask. Um, yes, Prabhu, you came at just the right moment. That's amazing. It it makes me it makes me believe in God. <laughs> Shamananda Prabhu suddenly just when I wanted to ask. Um, do we have facility for writing for devotees? Paper, pens, anything of that sort? I I heard rumors rumors that that would be available, but you're looking sort of like, huh? <laughs> okay, not not immediately, no, but uh, we may need later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, then, tomorrow I would like to introduce, um, well, <laughs> I have to look at this if, if I should do this or not. I'll explain tomorrow about this, but I started to write a drama about Hiranyakashipu. I think it's because I identify with him a lot. Um, <laughs> so I want to work out something, you know, uh, to purify. Uh, so what, what occurred to me is, because I sort of reached a point where I wasn't going further, why don't I get help? from all of you. Right? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Don't worry. I will explain. Uh, but I, I'll hold that off until later or until tomorrow. <clears throat> Very briefly, uh, and just to maybe whet your appetite, a question came to my mind from reading Srimad Bhagavatam. We all know the story of Hiranyakashipu, the appearance of Nrsingadev uh, to protect his dear devotee, Prahlad. We all know what happens to Hiranyakashipu. What happens to Hiranyakashipu? <laughs> he gets a stomach operation. Yeah. <laughs> Then what happens to Hiranyakashipu? Huh? He gets the mercy of Krishna. Okay. Um, but where does Hiranyakashipu 
go next? Who does he become next? Huh? Becomes Ravana. What would be required for Hiranyakashipu to become Ravana in terms of mentality? Is it the same person or same person, but has he learned something from meeting with Nursingadev? You're saying no. You're saying yes. Ah, oh, let's get a debate going here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's just uh, a little teaser. We'll see where that goes. Um, on Thursday, I'm thinking that we discuss Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Kavikarnapura and their um, wonderful writings. Srila Rupa Goswami wrote three dramas, Vidagda Madhava, <clears throat> um, what's the other one, Vidagda Malat? Huh? Lalita Madhava, yeah, the name wasn't coming to my mind. And Dana Kelly Komudi, yes. So anyway, he wrote three dramas, and uh, Kavikarnapura also wrote a, wrote a drama, and his drama uh, is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it is called the Chaitanya Chandradaya Nataka. So this will bring us into the subject of what is kind of called classical Sanskrit drama, which is not all in Sanskrit. There are uh, passages in many Sanskrit dramas which are uh, spoken in Prakrit, not in Sanskrit. In any case, uh, so we can discuss these. And then on Friday, I thought we turned to the uh, drama of uh, the late Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, uh, the Jagannath Priyanataka. Oh, look, we have paper. That was good. That was quick. That's a really good... Oh, and also pens or pencils? Huh? something. Now all we need is some finger paint and then we can go back to kindergarten. <clears throat> um, and then I want to end especially, I mean this may be sort of interlaced throughout, but I want to um, give some suggestions and of course I want to get some discussion going on what can be done, what sorts of um, uh, dramatic writing can be done, what sort of performances can be done. And all of this is just meant to, you know, sort of um, churn 
to get us thinking, to get us experiencing uh, something in this area of drama, which uh, is so much a part of our tradition, but which we tend to, I don't know, we tend to neglect, it seems. seems we could have more of this. I remember um, some years ago, a senior devotee in uh, who had been in New York in the Henry Street Temple um, said that there was a time when every Sunday, along with um, kirtan, lecture, and prasadam, bef before prasadam, of course, uh, there would be a performance of a short drama. And these were these were short and simple with that didn't take a lot of preparation, didn't take uh, yeah, that didn't take didn't need costumes and so on. They kept it very simple. But the point he was making is that the temple room every Sunday was packed. This was so popular. People were coming just for the drama, even though it was some very simple, non-professional performance still, they would come for the drama they wanted to be. They would, yeah. He said they were coming because of that. So many were coming. So we can think about this also in terms of our, as we call it, outreach nowadays. Uh, the word preaching sort of went out of style. Now we have outreach. <laughs> but I also want to think of uh, drama in terms of what I like to call in-reach. There's outreach and there's in-reach. Uh, in-reach means we're looking inside and we're seeing what's there and what we can do for purification, for cleansing, uh, uh, for awakening our uh, Krishna Bhava Namrita, Krishna consciousness. Okay, now it's time for an icebreaker. You know what an icebreaker is? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, <laughs> should we have an icebreaker? Okay, here's the icebreaker. I'd like everyone to find one other person, preferably someone you don't know. Uh oh. Or someone you just met. Anyway, preferably, we're making no hard and fast rules. And one, and then the other of you tell your story. We like to tell stories about ourselves, don't we? And we're constantly revising our stories about ourselves. Uh, that's another subject. But uh, what story do we want to tell? Well, how about the story of how you first met a Hare Krishna devotee? Okay? You're all looking at me like, What's a Hare Krishna devotee? I never, 
I never, I never met one of those. <laughs> Can we do this just for, um, let's say, five minutes altogether? So sort of two and a half minutes each. Find someone, preferably someone you don't know. And I'm going to step out for a moment. <laughs> that was quite, I think we broke the ice, what do you think? You were all so animated, I was thinking, well, I can just, I can just disappear and for the rest of the session you'll all be, I can come back at one o'clock and you'll all still be telling each other. <laughs> One thing I, I noticed is how much gesturing there was. You were all going like this and like this and, and like this and gesturing and expressing. It's very natural, isn't it? Uh, especially when we tell our stories, our own story. Um, maybe we can think a little about this. Uh, not to get too analytical, but uh, can you think of any mm, sort of core element to your story um, in, in a kind of abstract way? What what do I mean? Well, um, maybe maybe it was a a sense of um, total accident that I met this person. Or maybe the opposite, I was looking for such person or something in between. I was preoccupied this way, I was not preoccupied. Can you suggest any, any features like that that you found, perhaps in the story of the other person you were speaking with just now? Anyone? Not all at once, please. Yes, Varaharipu. Here comes a microphone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, you were not looking, someone was looking for you. And, and, Krishna was looking for you. Yes. Okay. Any other uh, patterns? Or yes, one. Wow. <laughs> that's a good. That's that's good. You were looking for the perfect. You could make that into a whole drama. I think, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> or a, at least a poem. I was looking for the perfect husband, and I found Krishna. <laughs> That's nice. Anyone else? Yes, 
uh, in the very back. What is your name in the back? Prakash. Hare Krishna Prakash. You are, you are Prakash. You are manifested. Uh, so Prabhu was uh, looking for a chadra. A chadra, as in, as in a chadra. Okay. And uh, he forward found Jagannath. All right. <laughs> That's. Well, again, it sort of leaves you wanting to hear the whole story, but we don't maybe have time for that now. But it's like, I was looking for a chudder, and I found Lord Jagannath. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> Not many people go looking for chudders just like that, isn't it? Anyway, yes, anyone else? Yeah. Um, one thing one could think about is how one might perform what story. Actually, you already all did perform your stories. As I said, I saw you all gesturing and you were all very animated. You're into it. Huh? Um, you were actually being perfect actors. You were performing yourselves. And that is um, very nice. But you might also think, how would I turn this into a, uh, a performance that could be done on a stage uh, in such a way that would engage people? Um, we see sometimes performances of sorts like this in TEDx talks. Have you seen on YouTube and so on. You see people come on stage and they say, I was this and I was that and I was the other thing. And then this happens. So they tell their little story and then they have some lesson that they want to share uh, with the audience. So, yeah, that can be one, one way of uh, thinking about drama. Um, so, as I said, drama is very much part of our, our tradition. And we might ask, why is that the case? Why, why is it that drama is so much part of, of our tradition? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, is described in the Chaitanya Bhagavata as performing dramas together with his friends, with his associates. Uh, and... It's kind of interesting, one that I remember, uh, it doesn't really tell you much of sort of what happens, what the drama, what, what, what is the plot. There hardly seems to be much of any plot. What, what is there then? Well, there's a kind of dressing up in different identities and reenacting the pastimes of the Lord. And this is something I wanted to, uh, to start with as, as a point of why, why I think um, drama is so much part of our tradition. There is a, well, let me finish with this. Um, it, 
just as a detail perhaps, but um, in one drama described in Chaitanya Bhagavata from Vrindavan Das Thakur, uh, Ch Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dresses up as Lakshmi. And it's, it's mentioned that the disguise was so perfect that even Mother Shachi, his own mother, could not recognize him. Now, mothers, if no one else can recognize a son or a daughter, it's the mother, right? So, and I just, I find that so amusing that <laughs> Lord Chaitanya disguised himself so much. But why, of course, we can think about that theologically, how the Lord uh, is appearing in so many different forms. And in this case, not only male form, but also female form, his female counterpart. And that can have so much resonances, which actually Krishnadas Kaviraj elaborates more or uh, establishes more in a philosophical way. Um, okay, but mm, one reason I believe that uh, drama is so much part of our uh, tradition is because I use the word reenact, to act again. There's a, a place in uh, North India, it's just across the Ganga from Varanasi. It's called Ramnagar. It's a, a town, Ramnagar. And every year in September, for the entire month of September, more or less September in that period, for an entire month they perform Ram Lila. every day or every evening, and the whole town comes, plus so many more people come. And whether it rains or not, because it all happens outdoors, rain or shine, doesn't matter. Everybody is there. It gets muddy, doesn't matter. They sit in the mud. They don't care. Uh, why? Because for them, they are witnessing the actual drama of Rama Lila. And they're not witnessing it for the first time. They all know the story. They've all seen it so many times before. They've all heard it. Many of the audience have it memorized uh, because the form that they perform uh, there is not the, uh, not the Sanskrit Valmiki Ramayana. It's the Ram Charitmanas of Tulsi Das uh, from the 15th, 16th century. Um, he wrote in an old form of Hindi called Avadi. Um, everybody knows the story. Many of them know the lines. You could say there's no surprises. So why would they want to see it again? Well, we see that in the West, people go to a film, or they, uh, and they they 
How many people, have, how many of you have seen the film Matrix? I saw it once. Anybody see it more than once? True confessions. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's that re-experiencing. Uh, and so there's a re-enacting, but that re-enactment can be understood or can be appreciated as non-different from the real thing. In Braj, in Brindavan, uh, I was I was fortunate to uh, to what to attend some performances of uh, these children. They do what they call in general. They call it Ras Lila. It's not performing what we understand the specific Lila Ras Lila. It's variety of uh, Lila's of Krishna in Vrindavan. And these are all performed by young boys. Um, all the parts, including those of the girls, the gopis, um, they're all played by young boys. They're all dressed up. Uh, so there's Krishna, he's a boy. There's Radha, she is a boy. <laughs> and the gopis, they're all boys. Uh, that's the tradition. That's how it's done. And um, at the end of the performance, Radha and Krishna, the two boys, will sit on a throne and they will give darshan. And all the people come, come up on the stage and offer obeisance and offer donations and um, offer worship because they understand that for this time, in this place, on this what becomes a magical place of, um, well, they perform in Vrindavan, and then within Vrindavan is a stage. Uh, it becomes a magical place. It becomes the spiritual world, and they, they take it like that. So they, they actually worship Radha and Krishna. By, by the time the end of the... <laughs> of the whole evening uh, comes the uh, the players, these these young boys. You can see they're really tired, <laughs> and Radha and Krishna are sitting there, and they're like, "When is this going to be over?" <laughs> but that's uh, it, it's not re it's kind of irrelevant everyone feels Radha and Krishna are present so reenacting um, and I was just thinking this morning also we have in English the word recreation and uh, that's in the in the verse Prabhupada's translation yuktahara viharasya uh, of one who is recreating so this word recreation, uh, we usually think of it like playing volleyball and uh, football and different sports, maybe swimming and so on. This is all uh, recreation. Maybe playing chess is recreation. But the English words, if we put a hyphen after the first R-E and make it re-creation, we are re 
creating. And there's a kind of double sense of creation there as well. Uh, creation can be that which the Lord has created, his pastimes, but also it may to some extent involve our creative, as we say in English, input, or we may say embellishment. And uh, for an illustration of this, I think uh, it would be nice to go through this little drama, The Boatman and the Professor. Some of you are familiar with this and others uh, not. So David Shiradika is going to join us. Uh, you are, what did we decide? You're the boat, boat lady. The boat lady. So um, to help you follow, uh, we can project it here. All right. Say again. Bigger. Uh, can we make it bigger? Uh, no, 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 no. How do we make it bigger? How do we make it bigger? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, so let's see. Um, all right, we just begin. I'll, I'll read the first little bit, setting the scene. Ah, yes. The scene opens on the bank, I should say. Um, I found this uh, text on the internet. Uh, it doesn't identify the author, I'm sorry to say. Um, some humble Vaishnava or Vaishnavi has put it together. You can find lots of such dramas on the internet. We can talk about that. Um, so whoever wrote it, we are grateful. <laughs> the scene opens on the bank of the Ganges, opposite to Banaras. The professor is in a hurry to cross the Ganges in time for his scheduled, uh, that's spelled wrong, scheduled lecture as a guest speaker at the University Institute of Futurology. The professor wears a long coat and hat, small wire-framed glasses, carries a briefcase. In the briefcase is a copy of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1. He also carries an umbrella. 
I can't believe it. The bridge is destroyed from the flood last week. Typical India. Typical. Typical. Now, how am I supposed to get across this blasted river now? I simply must be at the university on time. And then I see a boatsman sitting and mending something. Hey there, you, tell me, how on earth and heaven is one supposed to get across this river when the bridge is out, huh? A boat. Not a bad idea. And where might I find a boat under these conditions? No doubt there are thousands of people trying to get boat rides across under these conditions. Uh, really? I do say, um, what's your price? One way or round trip? One way. One person? One person. One person. Five rupees, fifty paisa. Five rupees, fifty paisa. That's insane. Forget it. I'm not going to pay that much in my country. That's called thievery. As you like. But I don't think you would find anyone cheaper. That is the price these days. A man has a man has earned has a, to earn. Sorry. A man has Whoa. to earn a living to support his family. <clears throat> okay, okay. Just show me your boat. Just five minutes, and I'll be finished mending this life jacket. No, now I'll be late for my appointment at the university. I must deliver a very important lecture in exactly one hour. All right, here's my boat. Please get him, sir. Uh, this boat is navigable. Navigable? What does that mean? Navigable. It doesn't sink? No, sir. I mean, it doesn't leak. <laughs> I've had this boat, same boat, since 10 years. No problem. All right, let's go. You climb in, please, and I will push off. Your, your umbrella, sir. Uh, oh, yes, thank you. Uh, and uh, tell me, boatsman, if you don't mind my asking, what is your age? My age? 52, last week. Hmm, 52. And I suppose you've been rowing boats across the Ganges your whole life, huh? Yes, sir. Whole life. Like my father and grandfather. Did you ever consider investing in a motorboat? Invest motor? Sure. If you had started saving money... When you were young, by now you could have bought a first-class motorboat. Not only would you not have to work so hard in your old age, you could carry a lot more passengers and make a lot more money. And with that extra money, you could buy more boats. 
and rent them out. By now, you could be a rich man. Money makes money, they say. Money. I am certainly not a rich man, but I get by. And whatever excess money I have, I use it for Krishna Seva. Krishna what? Krishna Seva. Service to Krishna. Worship of Krishna. You don't mean to say you belong to that Hare Krishna sect, do you? My family has been worshipping Krishna since generations. I don't know what to mean by sect. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Bhukta Ram Yajitapasam Sarva Loka Mahishwam. He says, I am the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Enjoyer of all sacrifices. Therefore, I worship him. I simply accept the statements of Bhagavad Gita. Ah, this religious nonsense. Nothing more than an opiate for the people, if you ask me. It's one thing I have to agree with Karl Marx about. Opiate for the people. You ever heard of Karl Marx? He's a movie actor, isn't he? Just see, he doesn't know anything. He hasn't the slightest idea about economic economics, neither for his own economic advancement nor in theory. The great theories of economics by which this world moves, he has no idea about. Typical India. I must say, 25% of your life is wasted. Boatswoman. Wasted. Wasted. Simply wasted. Well, I wouldn't say wasted. I may not be so well educated as far as book learning in school goes, but every evening I hear stories read by our village Brahmanas from Mahabharata and Ramayana. You have heard of these books, sir? Of course. Of course. Mythology. All mythology. Just some stories compiled for maintaining a stable and complacent society. As the rest of the world marches onward to greater and greater frontiers of advancement, India hobbles behind, worshipping her sacred cows, you probably don't even know what we have that we have landed men on the moon, do you? Yes, someone was telling me about that, but quite frankly, I have my doubts. Doubts? Yes, doubts. After all, what did they find there? A few rocks, I heard. Not a few rocks, a lot of rocks. Okay, a lot of rocks. Anyway, according to the Vedic description of the moon, there are, there are much more than rocks to be found there. Actually, it is a very beautiful heavenly place. The people there live for 10,000 years, where each day is equal to our six months. If you ask me, they did land on the moon. Maybe some just other planet. Anyway, they couldn't stay there, so what's the use? Use for advancement of human knowledge, of course. 
Man has an intrinsic need to explore the vast reaches of the unknown, to leave no stone unturned, as the saying goes. That's all right. But what is the use if you know so much about moon, rocks, and film stars, but you do not know who you are? You think I don't know who I am? Of course I know who I am. I am the famous one and only Professor Dr. Weiss von Nix. <laughs> With degrees in several subjects, including astrophysical biology, political economic simplistics, and ontological paleocryptology, and I've studied so many subjects thoroughly and written hundreds of papers and articles and books. I'm so busy with speaking engagements that I simply have no time. No time to consider who you actually are. After all, that is what human life is for. That is what the Vedas say, to realize who you really are. Look, Boatsman, that's quite enough. And why are you slowing down? It is getting late. Hurry up, for God's sake. Yes, okay, please. With your cows and Vedas and all that, you don't even believe that we've landed on the moon. Ha! I say 50% of your life wasted. Oh my God, I almost forgot. I have to prepare my address to the Institute of Futurology about human genetic perfection. Where's my notebook? And he digs in his suitcase and pulls out Srimad Bhagavatam, Volume 1. What's this book? Oh, yes. Some young lady sold me this book in the New York airport. I told her I wouldn't have time to read it, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> <clears> hmm, <throat> Sanskrit, very old language. Srinvatam Svakata Krishna. Ha, Krishna. I thought so. You Krishnas are everywhere. The personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, who is in the heart of everyone and the benefactor of the righteous devotee, destroys the desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee who is pleased with his message. This message is itself pious when properly heard and chanted. Oh no, again, this Krishna, why me? Anyway, look here, boatsman, just get me across this accursed river fast. Excuse me, sir, but this river is none other than the sacred Mother Ganges, whose water emanates from the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu. Please don't offend her in that way. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I suppose you want to tell me that the water is completely pure, huh? If you only knew how much disease-carrying microorganisms these rivers in India carry, sometimes I wonder what is the use of this country at all. After all, what the British did 
For you, you still insist on keeping your antiquated ways. Boatsman, tell me what you know about the British colonial time in India? Not a whole lot. I know they came and built railroads all over the place so that so many people left the land and went to the cities to work in factories, in squalors, in human conditions. 75% of your life is wasted. I say there, where did you hear this propaganda? What nonsense, simply nonsense. If it weren't for the British, hey, what's going on? It's raining and getting cold and blowing like anything. Uh, boatsman? Can't you be quicker? I'm trying my best, but the current is very strong. <laughs> the weather is very unpredictable at this time of the year. A heavy windstorm can come at a moment's notice. But, but hurry up. This can't be. I have to deliver my lecture in futurology. <laughs> Look. I'll even pay you five rupees extra to hurry up. That is all right. I don't think it will help at this point. You can keep your money. And she doesn't take off her shirt, but anyway. Um, <laughs> what are you doing now? Getting ready to swim. <laughs> swim? You're going to swim? What else is there to do? Oh, excuse me, sir, but we'll just have to swim for it now. It's not so far, but, but can't you swim, by the way? No! Then 100% of your life is wasted. <laughs> and then comes the little lesson at the end. The life of our unfortunate professor was not actually 100% wasted. After all, he had read a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, heard the Hare Krishna mantra, and even drowned in the Ganges, <laughs> the sacred Ganges, no doubt freeing him from all sinful reactions for his past misdeeds. As for his so-called advanced learning, we see that it was not sufficient to defend him from the jaws of death. Our simple boatsman, on the other hand, despite his lack of book knowledge on material subjects for so-called advancement, had sufficient knowledge not only to save himself from a physical dangerous situation, but also to bring him to realize the goal of life, going back home, back to Godhead. And so it ends. <laughs> uh, okay, well, so one thing that those of you who are familiar with this story may have noticed is the embellishments. Who wants to mention some embellishment that you noticed? Krishna Premer. Oops, we need a microphone. 
or oh yes <laughs> the bhagavatam from the new york airport yes i don't think that's in the the original script um anything else The moon landing discussion, I don't think that's there, uh, um, right? Uh, the, uh, the, there's an interesting detail uh, in the beginning which could have been uh, unpacked a little more explicitly at the end, I think, and that is what is, before they go on the boat, what is the boatman doing? He's yeah, he's mending a life jacket, and of course the irony, right? The uh, the professor is too impatient for him to finish the life jacket mending, and so there's no life jacket for him uh, when the when the critical moment comes. So that that could have been uh, a bit more unfolded. I mean, uh, made more explicit. Hey, where is that? Where is that life jacket that you were mending? You know, oh well, it's not mended yet <laughs> because you were in such a hurry. Something like that. Um, okay, this is one point: is we can take a drama which is well. Let me back up. We can we can take. Yes, okay, we can take an existing drama such as this, as this and we may find ways of, uh, of making some changes which we find appropriate and which will enhance the story. The purpose has to be to enhance the drama. And what do I mean by enhance? Well, this is a bigger subject. We'll go into it a bit uh, in course of time, but uh, the enhancement that is looked for in classical Sanskrit drama is that which brings out rasa, that which brings out the experience of rasa. And what our acharyas, especially Srila Rupa Goswami, is doing in his dramas is he's demonstrating how um, in the pastimes of Krishna, the rasa is being unfolded with uh, the aid, you could say, of the language of, of poetry, of poetic language. Uh, it can be brought out in so many ways. And the, um, the important, well, that's a, yeah, that's another subject, but it's, the important thing for the communication of rasa to take place from the stage to the audience is that the the audience is sa pridaya, literally with heart. Having, in other words, the the qualification to relish, the qualification to um, to, to be. You could say the translation is in, in the French connoisseur, to be proper connoisseurs of that which is being presented. Uh, well, that's for the very refined, you know, elevated uh, Sanskrit 
devotional drama. Um, but here we're, we're looking at a very simple, uh, a simple skit, which is a, a humorous kind of a skit with a lesson. And here I think what we want to uh, call attention to is dramas can be uh, have a didactic pur purpose. Um, in the Middle Ages in Europe, there there was a kind of um, religious drama called morality plays. And these were per performed in public to, um, to give, to educate people in morality, to educate people in, to be good, pious people. So, um, that tradition we, we, we also have in the, uh, this example and so many others, especially from uh, um, these, these short stories that come from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, some of which have been made into dramas and some or many, I think, which could be expanded and developed and modernized. Perhaps this is another point we can take from uh, this particular drama is there's a kind of modernization that's happened, right? Um, the mention of the moon landing. Um, if this were performed in the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, they would not have been talking about moon landings. Um, but uh, it is there is a mention in this version of the drama. I don't think it's there in the version of Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur uh, about the presence of the British and what did the British do and what did they what did they not do uh, or what did they unfortunately do and so on. That gets into a kind of political dimension <laughs> in uh, for modern day India, post-colonial concerns and so on. But there's a lot of ways that one can um, engage an audience by uh, bringing, bringing modern ideas, or nowadays we have to say postmodern ideas, whatever, uh, to bring in ideas or events or attitudes. And when, you, when we bring them onto the stage, it's a way of looking from a fresh perspective at whatever the concern might be. Um, yeah, those are some thoughts on this. Do you have any thoughts on from watching the drama, what, the, the skit, uh, anything that struck you about from it that uh, you uh, were surprised by or otherwise or amused by or uh, that you found wanting anything? Staying humble is the way to survive, okay, as, as a lesson of the drama, staying humble, um, being humble, we can say that can be a lesson also for devotees. Okay, anything else? The what of the... The arrogance, yes. 
Yeah, he was, he's blinded by his own pride. Yeah, these are kind of basics, you know, sort of simple, simple points uh, that everyone can understand. But to reenact them in such a way can, can awaken in us uh, a, a revived sense of, oh, yes, I should be humble. <laughs> we should be humble. But also in this case, there is, of course, humor. And the humor in this case is we all look at the professor and we, we think, what a fool. There's two kinds of humor, essentially, according to one analysis. One is laughing at someone else. And the other, huh? And the other is laughing with. Yes. So here we're laughing at the professor, which positions the, uh, the person we are laughing at is always in the inferior position. We see that person in an inferior position, at least in terms of their behavior. Um, so that's, that's one form of comedy, that's one form of, of humor that can be uh, illuminating. In this case, of course, the boatman or boatwoman uh, is, is the, the wise person, is the teacher, is, and here there is a principle of irony. What is the irony? The person who is supposedly so foolish and so uneducated and so simple turns out to be the person with real wisdom, the person with uh, real knowledge. And the person who uh, would like to help the professor, but what to do? <laughs> Can you swim? <laughs> that would have been the professor's responsibility to learn to swim <laughs> sometime earlier in his life, but alas. Uh, and then the commentary, this is something that I had not seen before at the end, uh, this way of explaining that actually the professor does not lose 100% of his life. Why? Because there were three reasons. What were they? Bhagavatam, Hare Krishna, Blub, 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 blub in the Ganga, yes. <laughs> Hare Krishna, we've already come to the end of uh, the session. I would have... Uh, and devotee association, yes, actually four, yes, thank you. So, um, if you like, we will continue with this tomorrow. What do you think? Shall we do some more uh, drama kata tomorrow? No? Okay. <laughs> Good. Tomorrow, I think we're going to put you to work a little bit, or should I say play. <laughs> so, um, oh, we have paper, but uh, anyway, we'll have paper tomorrow. Paper and pens. And if you have your own, please bring it with you. Thank you all very much. Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi.